Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9. If you better yourself, you better the world. Hey everybody, it is your favorite host ever, Sean Cudahy. This is a little different episode. I ended up getting involved with a program called Rising Stars, and that is with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and you kind of raise money and you do a lot of networking and stuff, and on a side note, you can add this to the list of things that I have failed at completely and have to make up for, but you do some stuff to raise money, and it's really an awesome program. There are so many awesome people involved in it, and I had a chance to actually talk with somebody, and I recorded a conversation that has cystic fibrosis, and... She is just the most peppy, happy, incredible, loving, excited person to be around, inspirational person to be around that I have ever done. I mean, she has this illness that so many people don't even live to be that old with. It's just insane, all the trials she's had to go through. And the fact that she still has this mental attitude that is positive and looks at life on such a the bright side. and. It can joke around and have fun. It's just awesome, and I wanted to share with you guys. So check this out. If you have a chance, you can get to cff.org and donate them to help out. I will leave all those links below. So again, check out what the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation has to offer because it was really awesome to just be a part of this program. All right, I hope you enjoy it. Much love. Peace. Later. Thanks for joining me. I just wanted to give you a quick little background um, of myself. I am a former heroin addict. Um, I have three years clean and I started a company centered around mental health and addiction. That's awesome. Good job. Thank you. So I have been doing a podcast, done about 90 episodes, I think. It's been a weekly one. So yeah, it's it's kind of a common thing. So I'm used to doing this, but this is kind of obviously a whole new level. So as I was kind of preparing and just thinking, you know, what are we going to, obviously I know what we're going to talk about, but which way we can oh, take I, it. I can talk and I don't have <laughs> any like filter. So you're going to just get it all. And it'll that, probably be a lot. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Because I mean, I seen you, obviously I got your name from Lauren and you had, you did a little intro video. I think I'm assuming mm-hmm. that was pre-recorded. Yeah, you, the stuff usually is pre-recorded. The only the only stuff that's like not pre-recorded and is live is um like last week I did the run Rising Stars thing mm-hmm. and I felt so bad because it was only like two guys, but I was haven't really been able to talk to anyone with COVID, so it was like word vomit just out of my mouth all the time. <laughs> So I was very excited and I they were I mean they were laughing and Lauren's in the background like oh my gosh Nikki because I've known her for years since mm-hmm. she joined the CF Foundation. So she's like you just you're just so open and I was like thanks. <laughs> well that's awesome. But, I think I think the world needs more openness, vulnerability oh, yeah. especially when it comes to things that people are struggling with and people yes. don't like to talk about. 100%. I totally agree with that. Cuz I mean one of the biggest things that intrigues me and I'm curious to how you kind of got to the mindset you're in, have you always been just mispositive or is it something um, you had to kind of really work at? 
for the most part, the cool thing is, is I know for a fact, so 32 years old, I was diagnosed with CF when I was 22 months old. And when I was first diagnosed, my mom is a nurse at Buff General. And my dad is a volunteer firefighter and EMT. And he works for the highway of Orchard Park right now. But when they first were told that I was going to be a CFer, it was actually on October 31st of 1989. So nothing like, you know, let's get the scariest news ever on the scariest day of the year. (laughs) They were told I'd never graduate high school. So when they were first told that back then, it was like almost like a death sentence. And so having that mentality and my mom being a nurse, she graduated nursing school in like the early 80s. So she was told about this, but she, you don't ever think it's going to be like your kid. Mm hmm. So for her, all she kept thinking about was this is not going to happen. Like our first daughter, our first kid is going to leave us in such an early way. So from that time on, it was a live every single second to the fullest. Don't look back at anything. Let her be a kid. Let's do fun stuff. Let's go camping. Let's play in the mud. Not live such a sheltered life. Mm-hmm. And I really think that helped me be the very strong, I say very, because I really am very strong and opinionated person now. So, and then growing up in my family, both sides of my family are ginormous. So on my mom's side, there's 12 or 13 cousins. And then on my dad's side, there's the same amount. And then each of my parents have three siblings. So Christmas and holidays have always been super busy and chaotic. Like you picture the cartoon house with the sound (laughs) music and like the walls ready to burst. Like that's just been our family from the get-go. And my extended family and everything have always been every CF walk. My CF team is Nikki's Knights. So like my brother, I call him my brother from another mother. Um, (laughs) He dresses up in like full armor, like for Nikki's Knights. So I really think that having the family aspect of it has helped me. There was a lot of battles too, because when I hit to school age, my sister was actually called in the principal's office on her first or second day of kindergarten because she beat up somebody on the school bus for making fun of me because I was coughing. So I was in like second grade, nothing like having your three and a half year younger sister beat the crap out of somebody (laughs) because you're this like little frail, not frail, but like quiet. And that was one of the hardest things with growing up in schools. And I grew up in like a very ritzy type school, the lovely Orchard Park. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But growing up there, you you don't get a lot of sick kids because it's just, and especially something with CF, there's not that many. Mm -hmm. I mean, now with, I think people sort of being like myself where we're open and social media and stuff has helped tremendously. But battling with teachers on coughing and that I'm not contagious and kids not wanting to be my friends because, ew, she's she goes to the bathroom a lot or she tooted. Oh my gosh, ew. And like just stupid stuff like that. But like mentally that plays a really big toll on kids. So I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up. So I really needed that family interaction and that family support. Then as I got older, I realized, okay, you know what? If no one likes me, it's okay. I'll live. Like I know who my real friends are. I got my cousins and everything like that. High school, I definitely gained my independence more. And when I gained my independence is when I found out that if I didn't take my medications, I dropped weight really fast. And I was like, score, guys are going to like me then. Like this is going to be wonderful. (laughs) And then I got the like the whip part from the doctors that was like, listen, you are losing weight. And if you keep losing weight, we're going to put a few 
feeding tube in you. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. No, let's, <laughs> let's not do that. So then I started gaining my weight back and everything like that. After high school, I was still like this, not, not quiet, but meek. I've always been open about my CF. I've never hidden it or anything like that. I'm always, if I have to carry my medications, I wasn't allowed to carry my medications in school until I was in high school. Okay. So that totally stunk because I always had to go to the nurse's office and I oh. missed lunch. I missed lunches with so many peers and I really think that mentally played a toll as well because if the nurse is on lunch, no one else can administer your medication. And All my medication was was pancreatic enzymes. Like It's nothing that's controlled substance or anything that's crazy. It's just I wasn't allowed to carry it myself. So I'd sit there and wait and I'd miss lunches with my peers and that sort of screwed with you too. And you just sort of gain this trust with the adults more because that's who you're around and you see more. So that mm -hmm. sort of was like hard, but high school, I was able to carry my own medications. And then um, college, I did have to attend my first semester with a heart monitor because I was getting tested for some heart stuff. So that was really fun. And then I realized I could sort of be my own free person, which, you know, a two year degree turned into three years because why would I have to attend classes? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> When it's really, when I finally realized that CF is not just the lung and digestive disease or every other organ that comes with it, like you always hear of CF as being this genetic, horrible lung disease, which it is. Don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. I have my vest like four feet from me and it's a $16,000 treatment. Like it is definitely something not to joke about, but I sort of see the sarcastic entertaining aspect of it. And um, it took a very long time to get there. And I wasn't in a relationship who the guy that I was in the relationship with couldn't grasp the sick life because it's a lot of baggage to come in on. So if I did treatments, he would usually leave the room like he couldn't stomach the being in the room with me over it, which is not bad. It's just wearing a vest that vibrates living daylights out of you. If my husband puts it on, he makes like sheep noises and turns into a <laughs> child like no seriousness comes out of him with it. I feel like we need to be able to make humor about oh. our struggles. Oh, yes. I mean, my girlfriend all the time, because she, she's stuck with me through, you know, she was with me before. And all after. the bad stuff and the good yeah. stuff. And mm -hmm. she calls me, you know, oh, you junkie. You know, not oh, that yeah. you would yes. never, ever say that to somebody who you don't really know. Oh, are you kidding? My husband is mad because I started the new drug, the Trikafta, and he's like, you're healthy. Like, this is weird. Like, this isn't what I signed up for. You were supposed <laughs> to be sick forever. And I was like, oh, thank you, honey. I really appreciate that. But I love that, though, because I know for them, it's not something that's held over their mm -hmm. head. Like, I'm sure your girlfriend's the Absolutely, same way yeah. with. It's something that you know you can make fun of, and you've seen the good days and the very bad days. And some of like the bad days, my husband has sat up behind me in bed as I'm coughing and like throwing up mucus because it's so hard some days. And because I was in a relationship for five years with a guy who couldn't seem to grasp the sick life, I'd cough and apologize, mm. or I'd be sick and not be able to clean and apologize. And I'd say, look at us fight now. What are we going to do in five, 10 or 15, 20 years? And his mentality was 20 years, you're going to be dead. So then it sort of switched on to my mentality. And that's where I was my very like meek and quiet and like, all right, yeah, I have CF. Like this is just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to die young anyways. And then when I got out of that is where I really found my backbone and where I really gained my, I don't know, stubbornness, <laughs> bullheadedness, whatever you want to use it. That's what it is. Uh, Just Yeah. Very, yeah. very confident. A little too confident sometimes. I'm not going to lie. No, I don't think so at all. I feel like so many of us, when we can find 
confidence in our flaws or our struggles and apply that. I mean, oh, yeah. and you notice it on people. And that was like the first thing I noticed with you is just you're very, you know, like this is it. This sucks sometimes, but this is my life. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to make and I'm going to make the most of it. And you can tell that with somebody when they can take their struggles and do that. And that's why I really, that's why I asked you to even have this conversation. Well, I really appreciate it because I'm very open and I love, like, it's the one thing in life that you're like, like, I'm sure even with you that you, you know, some stuff, but then if it's something you dealt with mm-hmm. yourself and if it's like a disease or an addiction or anything that you have yourself, you're like, oh, I could talk to you about that all day. <laughs> like that I got, that I know. Now, if you get me on something else, I'm like, I, like I work at a car dealership. I know about cars, but I'm not that good with it. Like stuff like that. Mentally, it took me a while to get where I am today, but I am so happy with where I am. Yeah. And that's awesome because I think, I mean, my hope is that this will give people hope and everything. I mean, that's the whole point of my podcast and I'm going to publish this just like a regular podcast and kind of title it, you know, a little different, but I think it's going to be awesome to hear people. Well, I look forward to sharing it because I will share the living daylights out of (laughs) this. That's what I like to hear. What are some things that you think Again, leading up to this, I was kind of just gathering some things and trying to maybe find some topics. And there is so much, so much information, so many different things. Oh, any questions you got, I have no filter and I will gladly <laughs> well, answer Well, my them. question is, how did you find a way to like, I mean, I see, obviously, you have to w- watch your diet. You have to obviously take certain medications. You have to mm-hmm. probably go see how many different people throughout your week. Yes. Too many. I can't, how, I can't count on <laughs> You work kids. a full-time job. You have a job, you know, and I mean, you have a family. And so how do you like stay positive? How have you found ways to sort through the information? Because there's so much of it out there as far as like just educating people. So for um, working and everything, I don't know exactly when to stop. I think that's probably <laughs> my biggest downfall is that I go, go, go. So I work full time at a car dealership, 40 hours a week before COVID hit. Cause you know, that's just been super fun lately. Yes, it has. Um, before <laughs> Before then, I was also waitress and hostess at a local bar. And um, I worked there like one or two days a week. So between the two, uh, I was probably working anywhere between 50 and 60 hours, which is insane. And my doctors think I'm crazy because not only did I work, I also do a lot of volunteer work as well. So on Saturdays, I teach handicapped kids ice skating. And I've been doing that for 20 years and I'm a volunteer EMT and I've been doing that for 13 years. Don't hold me to it though. Like it's been hit and miss and my memory right now is gone. <laughs> my husband and I also rescue pit bulls. So, you know, out of all the dogs breeds, let's give the, let's take in the ones that people judge the most because I myself can relate to them very well because I'm always mm-hmm. judged. And, um, we've only failed at two dogs. So we kept our fifth dog and we kept our 29th dog. So I felt like that was a really good like accomplishment for me because I could have easily failed at each Mm -hmm. one of them because they are all so cool. (laughs) Um, so we've had that 30 dogs in six years and my dad and I run the Orchard Park Great Strides Walk for the CF Foundation here in Western New York. So we've been running that for about 25 or almost 30 years, a very long time. My husband's in the Coast Guard, so I help him every now and then with doing booths and things like that mm-hmm. too. So I definitely like to trickle in a lot <laughs> of different things. And I really think that being in each avenue of God knows whatever I'm doing that week, that day has helped me mentally because on Saturdays when I'm teaching the handicapped kids, sure, my lungs suck. And some days, like I teach the kids that 
are first stepping on the ice. So like the amount of times I've gotten shin kicked by <laughs> a toddler with ice skates on, I have lost track of. I deal with like kids that are blind or Down syndrome or ADHD and fetal alcohol syndrome that has screwed up their life forever. Like whatever it may be, I get those kids and I look at them and I'm thinking, okay, I have one girl on ice right now that she's blind and um, she's autistic. Wow, that's crazy. I just look at that and then her mom... Her mom and dad are both deaf. Wow. So I can only imagine what she goes through. So I really think that sort of helps me mentally. Like, you know what? I'm really grouchy mood today and my lungs suck and I'm going to complain like no tomorrow, but I can go there and do that and be fine. Or if I have to do a transport with the dogs, I, one of my fosters, he was three years old and he was tied to a radiator and left to die. Mm. And he was there for two weeks with nothing other than his own fecal matter to eat. Mm. And he was still like this glorious dog. His name was Gabe and he had a heart on his chest. So we called him Gabriel, like the angel, because he was just like this, like, that is just something insane. So I really think trickling in all of those different aspects has helped me realize, you know what, my life can be hard and juggling all of this stuff can certainly be quite crazy because then you trickle in all of the doctor's appointments I have in clinic visits I have to go to and all the make sure I take my medications and my treatments, but it also helps me be active. So I really think that keeps my lungs pretty clear sort of keeps me grounded. Like I don't get so lost in my own mentality because it can be really dark sometimes. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people could relate to that as well in just general. And I think a huge part of what you've done... Actually, here's a good question for you. This is what the question I want to ask you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you, if you, do you ever think anyway, I think anyway with my struggles, when I look back on them, like my brother and sister dying when I was 15, I look back at something like that now in my life and realize all the amazing benefits that terrible shitty thing that happened had on in me you know as just like you kind of said when that happened when I was 15 my family just came together and realized you know what the little things don't matter it's about just loving each other mm-hmm. and supporting each other and did you find that throughout even you know your whole life and diagnosis that that struggle has taught you so much that you maybe wouldn't even give it up if you had the opportunity to go do that yes 100% so um when i first met my husband we met 9 years ago and to meet a guy who would be okay with somebody that has a terminal illness like this, because it's sure you you're supposed to fall in love with the person and everything like that. But let's be honest, like, no, it's work. You always have yeah, that in the back. It's work. Yeah. It, and it's a lot like it's sitting up in the middle of the night, like I mentioned, patting on the back, coughing. It's making sure when we buy houses that there's at least two toilets because with CF comes digestive issues. And it's every little thing that can play in part. And plus, when we first met, I told him, I'm like, FYI, like, I'm not going to be able to have kids. Like, it's just very hard for CFers to get pregnant. It's super difficult. And I know that you're the last guy to carry on your family's last name. Like, that's going to play heavily heavily on you, like just to let you know. And then I'm diabetic on it as well, but I'm not type one or type two. I'm type cystic fibrosis related diabetes. So totally different type I of diabetes. I didn't even know that existed. I'm learned something new every oh, time. Oh, it's, it's super great. Let me tell you, because with CF, you got to maintain a very high calorie diet, then but then sugar. I'm also, you ready for this one? Then I'm gluten-free oh, too, not by choice. Lord. I mean, so gluten sugar fun. anyway. So I guess that kind of evens out. There's it's, Silver oh lining. Gosh, I like pasta. Like I like my pasta and oh. pizza. Like I love gluten. Yeah, me too. When I was first diagnosed with the gluten allergy is when I 
thought about suicide the most. Really? Like that's not a oh, joke? Yeah, You're being very, serious? No, I'm wow. 100% serious because I went to three different doctors. My gluten allergy is not my stomach or anything like that. It is my skin. So it's called dermatitis herpetiformis. Oh. And it's blisters and it was really ugly. I was sent home from work twice because I looked unprofessional to be around people. So I bought fake glasses to put on me to try and cover up my eyes. I was wearing turtlenecks in the middle of like September and August to try and cover up my neck. I'd brush my hair and it was peeling scabs off my scalp. Take off my bra, it was peeling the skin out from underneath oh my, my arm. It's like, I'm telling you, I'm going to be real visual yeah, about this. Yeah, that's crazy. It was awful and they itched and I wasn't sleeping. So my mom would go with me. I was 21 years old. We went to three different doctors. They kept telling me it was scabies. So you think of scabies, you're like, oh, gross. I have like these little mites under my skin. So they would give me an anti-pesticide cream to rub on these open sores, which then just made it even worse. Oh, my goodness. And finally, at one point, I stood in my parents' living room. It's like three o'clock in the morning. My dad's sleeping. My mom's a nurse at Buff General. So she was just getting home because she's a night owl. She comes home and I'm standing there in my underwear just crying because I didn't know what to do anymore because I was falling mm. apart. And the day before I had my car, I could tell you like my make model car it was a silver Saturn. I had it parked at the ravine of Chestnut Ridge Road. And I knew exactly how wide that area of the ravine was that my car would fit, that I could drive and go off of it. Like and just end it all because I was itching. I wasn't able to see anybody. Nobody wanted to be near me because they thought it was contagious. No doctors wanted to even touch me because they thought it was contagious as well. I wasn't myself and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, which was really weird because that little disease right there, that little gluten allergy is what almost mm -hmm. broke me. I can live with CF. I can live with all the other issues I have, the terminal illness, the mentality of you're going to die young or you're going to have all these issues. That didn't seem to bother me because I think I had so many years and so much support for that. But that one little thing that I had absolutely no clue on what to do or what it was almost broke me. And I parked there. And the only thing that stopped me from driving off of that was the fact that my sister and my dad were in the fire department with me and they would have been the first two people on the scene. Mm. So for like that, that was the thing I think that almost broke me the most. And then um, having the mentality of being with somebody who isn't that great. But then now I have my husband, Michael, and he carries my medications for me and he yells at me. I mean, every now and then if I go into a coughing fit, he'll tell me to die quieter because that's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't trade that for the world because, I mean, he's really blind. So if he makes me mad, I hide his contacts and glasses on him. So it's, it's a two-way street. <laughs> now I do take like antidepressants and anxiety medications because you deal with so much stuff and it's finally because CF, we weren't, there's not a lot of adults out there with CF. Now there is yeah. because of medications and things like that. So now they're starting to do different drug studies and things like that and different studies and research things on trying to do the mental aspect of CF and trying to see, okay, because with CF, there is actually a lot of addicts too, really? whether it's drugs or alcohol. I know more alcohol. Okay people than I do like drug aspects just because I think we're on so many drugs anyways. We don't know what it's going to do, but booze is always pretty easy to get a hold of. <laughs> and I can 100% understand why people would turn to that and do that because it is a lot. It's hard to get jobs. Sometimes it's hard to find love. It's hard to start a family. And then you get these new drugs that come out and they change the world. And I started the Trikafta. I don't know if they've talked yeah. to you about the new drug that came mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So Trikafta has been world changing. Actually, right now they're calling it the Trikafta boom. So there's a lot of Trikafta babies that are happening, including my big old belly. 
That's awesome. Yes. So we are due to have our son in November. And after nine years of being told that we were never going to have kids, I started this new medication where my husband's like, you barely cough anymore. You're not sleeping elevated. We spent four grand on a bed to elevate you while you sleep. And now you're not needing it. And I'm like, it's fine. We'll use it for breastfeeding, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Like, this is going to be fine. And we bought a house, our house a year and a half ago. We bought a one bedroom house with three bathrooms. Like wrap your head around that. A one bedroom with three bathrooms. Not misspoken. Oh, it's wonderful. It is absolutely great. I love it because we never thought we would have kids with all this. And I've had surgeries and everything to see if we could have kids. And now I start this new medication for CF. And now I'm like, um, cool. What do we what do we do? You go so long with hearing things aren't going to happen your way and it does. And we had to do construction here and everything like that. But I really think the growing up so much with the openness and not being judgy towards anybody and just going with the flow of things and being very open about it. My parents, I don't think, realized how severe I was with suicide and how mentally broken I was during my gluten allergy attack and things until I was a little bit older and was like, no, mom, like I, you almost lost your daughter. Mm. Like this definitely almost happened. Now she's like, you're very opinionated, <laughs> which is her, I think her nice way of being like, you're sort of bitchy. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I am. I'm sort of stubborn. I get what I'm saying. It can be, it's a whirlwind of stuff. Yeah, like I, I don't even know how to explain no, it. No, I bet it is. I can only imagine. Like I said, just spending a few days kind of looking up more stuff and then just being a part of the the Rising Stars program. Just it's a whole new world for me. I really honestly. So what has been your favorite thing about learning about CF? Like what is what is one of the things that you've grasped? Like, holy crap. Um, I mean, more so, I think, That the realization that everything is so like interconnected in the sense of just like how we're talking about mental health and how your struggle is maybe totally kind of seems different on paper compared to what mine was just kind of running through from inner turmoil and you could you could argue yeah. i mean i hate i hate to say like when people com- say addictions a disease and try to compare it to something else sometimes i'm like eh, i get what you're saying cuz a lot of it it wasn't a choice at the end of it a lot of it i just i needed it almost and yeah i guess my point being long-winded one that um <laughs> uh, have you heard me i'm very long-winded that um but that everything is so interconnected and in that when you can take a struggle whether it was a mistake you made or whether it's uh, you know you were dealt the hand of you know, a messed up chromosome or whatever that, um, you know, you can take that and really use it to be a good thing, to be a highlight in your life. And I think that's so important. And I love just seeing those that overlap. And it's just a whole nother community. There's so many different communities out there that are so alike at the same time. There's the CF, you have a recovery one, you have really the mental health, you have the yoga. We're all in it for yeah, the same thing. Just trying to better ourselves and our mindset and our attitude. And what are so I've read like they have the the four things that are on their myths about CF, like, you know, it's not contagious. But what is something that you want people to know about it that kind of are a common thing? I'm trying to think. Everyone thinks it's an invisible disease. And if you really look at a CF or anything like that. I love the term CF, by the way. <laughs> CF, and if we're two girls, it's sisters and it's S or it's C-Y-S-T-E-R. <laughs> and then if it's um a girl or a guy and a girl, it's uh, fibro and sister. Oh so like that's what we refer to other CFers as is sisters and that's fibros. Awesome. Oh, yeah. You, you got to have them. And then we're usually known as salty because our skin is super salty. So like my dogs think I'm the greatest thing in the world when it comes in the summertime because I don't sweat. I crystal. 
Like I go like this and it's like salt really? crystals come off of me, um, which is sort of sad because I've been so used to doing that, like having like this crystally skin. And with the new drug, I don't have that anymore. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to sparkle like Edward and Twilight oh, anymore. Like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not really a Twilight fan or anything like that. I just like to be, I live in Eden. So the cows and stuff is what I'm upset about because they used to like to lick me and now they don't care because I'm not so salty That's anymore. That's so funny. My personality still is, though. So that's good. <laughs> you got to have a, t- a touch of that. Oh, 100%. I've even had customers because with CF, you have clubbing of the fingers and things. So it shows that we get lack of oxygen. So we sort of have like frog-like fingers or alien-like fingers. Some of that can play mentally and growing up and, you know, pubescent, mm-hmm. teenager you get the barrel chest. So like you don't get boobs. No, you don't have any of that. You just get the barrel chest because your lungs suck so bad and they need all this extra room. And then um, the one of the hardest things when my husband and I were first trying like really doing everything we could possibly to have a baby and try to be adults and grow our own family. Um, the amount of times people ask me, oh, when are you due? Mm. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm just fat and bloated because my body doesn't digest food. And I I mean, it really depended on the day you got me. Some days I was really sarcastic. I was like, I was due two months ago. We're just waiting it out. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my coworkers would be like, "You can't say that." I'm like, "Well, they shouldn't ask." I know. I don't. First of all, and, I don't um, know who friggin'. I never ever assume anyone is pregnant ever. I will. I will oh, find yeah. a way I, to I get think the it's answer. Like a guy's thing is that you don't assume it. Like unless someone's sitting there rubbing their belly. Like I sit there and scratch and rub my belly. <laughs> and I've used my belly now to like pat my papers on to like straighten. Oh, them that's out. great. Like okay, if someone's doing that. I think you can <laughs> ask for it. And it's funny because now that I am pregnant, like we're seven and seven, seven and a half months. I'm not good with being like a girly girl. Now that we're pregnant, I'm like, no one asked me when am I due? <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. It'll be like the kid's gonna be like two years old, and they're gonna be like, when do you do? I'm like, no, still haven't lost the baby weight. Sorry. <laughs> but um, when we were first going through the infertility stuff, that was such a hard thing because I'm like, oh no, I'm sorry, I can't have kids. I have cystic fibrosis. So it sort of depended on the mood I was in that day because I really like to share that I have mm-hmm. CF. Or if I'm coughing, a lot of times people be like, oh, how many packs of cigarettes do you smoke? You should probably quit smoking. My coworkers would like to see customers ask that because my facial expressions are very hard to hide. <laughs> Which is sort of dangerous now with the mask wearing because I'm very like expressive with my eyes. I'm mm-hmm. sure you can see. So now I'll be like, someone will say something stupid. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch my face. <laughs> like stupid stuff like that. I, it's it's. I really try to look at it as a learning thing. So sure, invisible disease, yes, but there is little things like our teeth tend to yellow and be crappy. Like I mentioned before, when I was like, I'm gonna be a little late. I'm at the doctor's. I'm at the dentist because I thought I chipped a tooth because of all this stupid steroids and stuff I always have to take our teeth suck it's just it's stuff like that too that I think people forget that there is some physical aspects to CF the clubbing the barrel chest the bloated stomach the salty skin some guys when I was in the dating world didn't like to kiss me in the summertime because it was too salty they were like it's like licking a salt shaker and I was like salt's good you put on your french (laughs) fries you need it to survive yeah I'm like it's not bad There's not, there's worse things. You drink Gatorade. Come on, just instead of drink Gatorade, just lick the side of my face. You'll be fine. (laughs) Other than that, and that I think 
because a lot of us, or I should say most of us have the mentality of the openness and the fun aspect and the bluntness like myself Mm -hmm. and things like that. Everything's always fine, closed doors, or that we're healthy. You look so healthy. You don't cough that much. Like you seem great. You're able to work full time. Yeah. it, It took 32 years of not just physical stuff to keep me alive. It took my parents like cupping me, which I used to say they used to beat me because they'd make me lay down and have to cut my back and my chest and everything. But it took years of nebulizers and years of treatments and every three months of going to the doctors and seeing dozens of people to just make sure that I'm maintaining a healthy diet and that I'm maintaining good lung function and medications after medications and worries of, okay, this new medication came out. Does insurance cover it? Because if insurance doesn't cover it, Uh, then I can't take it. I can't even, I can't even imagine about insurance. Insurance. insurance is can be your best friend and your worst yeah, enemy. Yep. And for the longest time, I want to strangle any insurance person I met. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. Yes. Them and the Spectrum News Cable Company. Oh, my gosh. I am like, I swear, it's never it's never anything like. Easy. No, it's not. And if it is, you're like, something's well, going to happen. I'm that's a whole that's this. a whole nother podcast in and of itself. We could oh, go yeah. on about the whole <laughs> health insurance and all that crap. So, but no, it's, I really think people forget about that. We look strong, but we're, we've been dealt this hand since Mm -hmm. we were born usually. And it's just something that we've always been really good at being like, yeah, things are fine. And inside you're like, I forgot my enzymes with my food and I hope I can make it home in time before my stomach bloats and I'm in the bathroom for five hours. Like it's some of the stuff that we're really good at putting on that face and that mask. And I think and I don't think people think about it. No, that. I, and I feel like, A, because it's something, I think generally from what I read, it's usually kind of discovered early on, especially now. But when you have mm-hmm. to go through a battle like that all the time, which is up and down, up and down, like I feel like you have to, you wouldn't be here if you weren't strong. If you didn't figure out how to fight yeah. through it and get through it, you wouldn't be. There's no way because it's so much. We're very stubborn people, I've found yeah. out. Like, especially now with social media and things like that. Like when I was younger, there wasn't really social media or anything like that. And now being older, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're very opinionated and stuff. After meeting so many <laughs> That's great. But I wouldn't trade it because it just shows that like, no, we know our bodies. We know this. Yeah. Like we're our own little doctors. And I mean, we're like a walk pharmacist. Yeah. It forces you to become self-aware because I think so many people think they, they know themselves and they know their bodies and they know what they like and don't like and when they really don't. And you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And obviously you have to do a lot of that because you are affected on every thing you do is affected. Every little stupid thing. Which is amazing. So One last thing before we get going is, you know, what would you want to, what do you want to leave people with who are either just have a struggle in general, you know, a tough time to face it and get through it, or even just other people who have CF who maybe are struggling that might hear this? I would love to leave people with sort of the mentality that, you know what, I get it. And you're always going to get the people that are like, it could always be worse. Yeah, it could always be worse, but you're living here and now. And what you need to deal with is here and now, not what somebody else has that can be worse. I always like to say that life is like a deck of cards, your delta hand and how you play the game plays a big factor in it. But that crappy hand can turn really well after a few rounds. Hmm. And I wrote a book a few years back and on the cover of my book, it says life is like a rose. There are thorns, but it is still beautiful. 
And I really feel that as long as you know who you are and why you're here on earth, whether it's um, another cf -er or a terminally ill person or a cancer patient or an addict or whatever it may be, you're here right now and you're still here because there is a sole reason why you are. Whether it's to share your story, whether it's to start a new chapter, or whether it's just to be your own support system of some type, you're here for a reason and you need to just keep that in your head and know that if you need help to reach out and not be ashamed to reaching out and speaking up for yourself, you're your own advocate. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get help if you can't speak for yourself because you is what matters. Ooh, we need a we need a mic drop on that. I'm going to have to do a mic drop sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to recite any of that because I'm not going to remember it's it a, at all. Pregnancy brain is a real it's a, thing. It's, it's recorded. You don't have to uh, memorize it. Oh, perfect. You don't have to. Uh, how do people get in touch with you if you want people to get in touch with you anyway? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love making friends. I love talking, obviously. Whether it's CF-related, not CF-related friends, whatever it may be. Facebook, Nicole Kowal. Um, I do have a YouTube channel thing. I haven't really been on it in a while. Some of them are really emotional and some of them are me singing with my dog. So it's awesome. a wide range of whatever. <laughs> I, I wouldn't so expect anything else, Nicole. Oh yeah. It's, and I'm not good. Don't get me <laughs> like, it's not Nashville worthy or anything like that. But um, I usually go under the name of Abnormal Nicole on Instagram too, because that's the title of my book is called The Abnormal Nicole. Okay. How do you know, people get your book? Being normal is boring. There's actually only one place available for sale and that's at Anthony Brown's in Orchard Park. I just wrote that like nine years ago for sort of shits and giggles. And I've been actually working on trying to write my second one on life after sort of growing up and being an adult. The first book's like rainbows and unicorns and everything is great where this next book is going to be like that. Listen, I got my backbone. <laughs> this is where it is, guys. It's going to be sarcastic. It's going to be open and it's going to be a lot of tears and laughter. <laughs> I can't wait till it comes out. I will uh, leave links for all of that stuff when I post this and I will awesome. email you and let you know when I'm posting this and all that other jazz. Yeah, let me know. I will gladly share the little awesome. daylights Well, you are a superhero. And thank you. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on and doing this. You're amazing. Thank you so much for reaching out and asking me to do this and for being part of the Rising Stars. That You have no idea how much it, it means for somebody like me to have people interested in our disease and our weirdness. Well, I am totally happy to be a part of it. Well, look forward to hopefully having you around for a few Sounds years. Sounds good, Nicole. I will be in touch. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye.